You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Major Death, Tim K, Barbaric Yop, Boticus, Wicked Good, Brett R, Doge TK, Mr. Jones, Trevor Y, and Avantes for supporting the show and investing in yourselves. You can join this awesome team over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And guess what? This month in particular, you really want to check out that Patreon. I've got a special offer that's for a very limited time. I'll tell you more about it in this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 179 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week, boy, has this been a week. <laughs> if you're listening to this as this has been being uh, released, I am so thankful for how patient you've been with me this week. Uh, there are some weeks where things do not go according to plan, and there are other weeks where things just really get off uh, the trails. But... I'm here, I'm ready to record, I'm ready to hang out with you, and so thankful for the time that we have together. I'll get into a little bit of why it's been such a hectic week uh, when when we talk about why I'm happy today. But before we get there, seriously, thank you for joining me. We're going to have a lot of fun. There's been a lot of news that's been released too, so actually releasing this episode a little later in the week played to my advantage. (laughs) I totally planned it that way. I feel a little bit like Reno Jackson just running in there and trying to make stuff happen. And then, ah, I made it out here with this Gatling gun. That's awesome. A Gatling wand or whatever it is. (laughs) I don't even know what it is, but it's pretty. It probably costs a lot. And it's the treasure that I wanted. So uh, today we're going to talk about the meta in depth. We haven't been able to do this in a while. And I realized that there's no better time than right now. I'll be honest. When I am queuing up a game in Hearthstone right now on the standard ladder, I really don't know what to fi- what to uh, expect from my opponent. It seems like there's a very wide variety of decks. There's nothing that's a really clear, overbearingly uh, dominant archetype right now. And so that leaves a lot of room for interpretation. And I hope uh, you all are enjoying that as much as I am in choosing decks that you actually want to play, which is what we should be doing anyway. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll dive deep into the stats over at hsreplay.net today and see what we can learn from that. And I'll give you a how to have a happy time deck of the week. Hopefully it will help you uh, rise up on the ladder. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about why I'm happy today. There's a lot of reasons why I'm happy, honestly. And... I won't tell you too much about what happened this past weekend, because actually I'm going to tell you about that in next week's episode. Andrew, how do you know already what you're going to say for next week's episode? What if I actually recorded episode 180 before I recorded 179? Uh, Because here's the deal. Next week, I'm actually going on a family vacation. So going with my wife's side of the family down to Orlando, really looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. And in preparation for that, I actually got a guest to come and join me for an episode, and we recorded it earlier this week. So I know I'm breaking the time continuum and all that, but just so you know where I'm coming from. And I really wanted to take uh, the week that normally I would take off. I wanted to try and fill it with something really special. So I got a special guest. Uh, I won't spoil it for you, um, but for patrons, it'll be up before the weekend is out. And for everyone else, it will drop on Tuesday. So uh, you can you have a lot to look forward to with that. It really was a lot of fun. 
And uh, we talked a lot about deck building. I'll just kind of throw that out there. Um, but so I'm, I'm extremely happy about that. I'm also happy because my daughter actually starts preschool today. She has been uh, just over the moon excited uh, about doing that. And so uh, I'm going to actually go cut out after I record this to drop her off for the first time and, well, be there as she's dropped off, I suppose, because I'm really excited for her. So, uh, yeah, we've all been anticipating that big time. She's been asking every day how much longer. Actually, her favorite question was, Daddy, did school start yet? I'm like, uh, so the way that uh, reason works is that if it has started, you will have been there. But that doesn't apply for for, for kids. For the toddler kind. And honestly, that's what makes uh, parenting her so much fun <laughs> because she throws out all those little, uh, those little quips like that. So, uh, yeah, really excited for her. Really excited for my wife, too, that she'll get some sweet time with our boy uh, and not be just uh, trying to run all over the house all the time, trying to, you know, wrangle two of them consistently throughout the day. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, should be a lot of fun. And then the other thing I'm happy about is actually something I mentioned in, uh, I think it was the last episode. Yeah, it was the last episode, is that I have started working on my book. So I am really excited about this. I, I, I've already gotten some, uh, some well wishes from you all. So thank you so much for, uh, for throwing those my way. Honestly, this is a very big goal and, it's a, it's a big, it's added some stress into my world because I have put a clock on myself to get this done. Um, because it's something that's pretty lofty that I really want to attack as, um, as aggressively as I can because it's, it's always been in the back of my head, hasn't been something that I've really worked towards. And so now I, I'm doing that. So I, I started the process. I actually wrote the first, uh, the first couple pages last night. So, um, I've done a lot of brainstorming, outlining, and stuff like that, and so now, uh, now it's really wh- where the rubber meets the road, where I, I need to just start getting uh, getting my thoughts on paper. So, uh, little insight: the book is going to be a uh, a compilation of all of the thoughts that I have about how to get to legend. So, uh, I think that this is going to be an easy um, an easy book to pick up. Honestly, if that's something that is still uh, something that's in your sights that you haven't quite gotten to yet. Uh, maybe you've enjoyed the conversations that I've had with people like Ridiculous Hat and Wicked Good on the show uh, and many others about how to improve your rank and stuff. I thought there's really no better way to um, to compile those than by putting them in a book format, honestly. So, uh, so yeah, really excited to do that. And uh, I, I, I feel good about where I'm currently at. I, th- I guess my biggest concern is that as I go down that rabbit trail, I'm going to uncover more and more things that are a part of getting to Legend. Because <laughs> uh, there's going to be obviously a big part of the book that's dedicated for how to play the game well knowing when to trade, uh, how to build your collection, all that kind of stuff. But I, I feel like most of the conversations we actually ha- have had on the show are more so about your mindset and how to approach things. So like systematically, you know, how many games do you play before you give up? Or how do you how do you know when a deck is working or when it's not and all that kind of stuff. So there's going to be a lot in the book about that as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a big, hairy, audacious goal. I don't know if you've heard of BHAGs before, but that's that's what it is. And uh, I'm hoping that the vacation that I'll be able to spend some good time either on the beach or with the fam. This is going to be a low key vacation for the most part. So uh, we there will probably be a lot of lounging when the kids are sleeping, and I'm going to try and use most of that time as best as I can. So. 
yeah, it'll be fun and it'll be in a good environment. And I will not let that dominate my vacation. Don't you worry. We are going to Disney World for a day. And uh, and that, that's really the only big thing that's, that I have planned. So that day will be just uh, pure bliss. And then everything else, I'll, I'll, I'll interweave it as I feel led. Uh, so it'll be... It'll be a really good time. So thanks for everyone's encouragement around that. And I'll continue to update you, of course, because you're my peeps. I want you to know. So let's talk about the news here. Uh, We had quite a bit of news that has dropped over the past week and a half. So the first thing is that we have some tavern brawls that are coming up. In fact, the first one has launched now. It's called the League of Explorers Revived. And the description here is help Elise save her friends and reunite the League of Explorers in this brand new dungeon run inspired tavern brawl. I don't know about you all, but I loved the Black Rock uh, dungeon uh, dungeon run that we got as a tavern brawl. That was just so much fun. And you're going to be able to get a Savers of Old Doom pack and a classic pack uh, from, I would assume, completing one run at least. Uh, that That's some pretty good rewards for um, for just playing a game. So I, th- I think you'll probably have to make it through, but hopefully it'll be fun uh, seeing. I, I'm kind of wondering if you'll actually be faced off against any of the other uh, League of Explorers members. It, there could be some interesting twists that way, perhaps. Um, and then uh, and then the week after, so next week, we're going to have a Three Wishes Tavern Brawl, which the description here is, Your wish is his command. Use Zephyrus the Great wisely in this brand new Tavern Brawl. And you know what it actually says here that for both of them participating in the Tavern Brawl uh, to complete a legendary quest will get you uh, the rewards. The rewards for the Three Wishes one next week are two Savers of Old Impacts and a Classic Pack. So pretty generous of them to just kind of throw these in for seemingly no reason. But this will be a lot of fun uh, going into the Tombs of Terror, which is, of course, the bigger news item that we've got here today. So Tombs of Terror details are finally out. feel like it's been a long time coming here. We've learned that there are going to be four chapters to the Tombs of Terror. Uh, we did know already that they were going to follow a similar style to the Dalaran Heist, which is great. Don't fix what isn't broken. Uh, that We had a lot of fun with that. Honestly, I still haven't gone back and done the heroic mode, uh, just because it seems like a monster. And that card back is pretty, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't ever seem to have the time on that one, so... Uh, I, I, I am looking forward to this one, though, and going back into some new uh, some new things. And they do have some twists and turns here and there. So you will be playing as one of the four League of Explorers. So you got Reno, Elise, Bran, and Sir Finley, of course. And each of them actually represent dual classes. So we've seen this done before in like an arena uh, special event. And I think this is a great way to bring that back. That was really well received by everyone. I, so I think that it's a no-brainer to do something like this. So they, they found how you know each of the league, uh, each of the league's members really does kind of encapsulate some different identities. So Reno uh, is mage and rogue. Elise is druid and priest. Bran is hunter and warrior. And Finley is paladin and shaman. So no warlock this time around because I think Rafam had locked it deep, deep within the tombs. <laughs> but everyone else is represented here. And then as you'll choose your uh, your starting hero power and starting deck, and then on top of that, you'll also choose a signature treasure, 
which each hero will have a different collection. It looks like there are like six or eight of them per hero, I think. And you'll unlock those as you play with them. So there's a lot of, uh, just like with the Dollar on Heist, there's a lot of reason to go back and play some more to unlock all of the crazy combos and stuff like that. And it seems like the signature treasures will get more powerful as you play and progress and unlock them. So... Um, so really good reason. Or I, I, and I, even though all we've seen are a couple of Reno's signature treasures, like we've seen Reno's lucky hat is one mana spell, give a minion plus two, plus two, and spell damage plus two. That's that's strong. And then the strongest one he's got is the Gatling Wand, which is a five mana spell. Deal three damage split randomly among all enemies. Improves for each spell you've cast. And I'm, I would guess that it's the damage increases by one, but maybe it improves even more uh, and ends up being a five mana deal, 5,000 damage, uh, <laughs> whatever, uh, by the end of the game. So pretty cool. And then another mechanic that's really exciting are the Plague Lords. So they're the big bosses for each chapter, and they encapsulate each of the plagues that we saw. So the Plague of Murlocs, the Plague of Wrath, Plague of Death. Um, and Plague of Madness, that's the fourth one. So they will be the final bosses for each chapter, and they have huge health totals, so like literally 300 health, uh, and that's very intimidating. And what's interesting about it is that if you go through a run, make it there, and then tick them down to 200 health, the next time you boot up that run, they will be at 200 health. So it's a persistent effect wherever the health lands at the end of your turn, it will carry over into your next run. So this is an interesting mechanic. Uh, I I like it and I don't like it, to be quite frank, at the same time. like. Uh, it feels good that at least there's some amount of progression as you keep going. But I look at the 300 health and think this is nearly impossible to get through on your first try. So it seems like it will be absolutely essential to go through it multiple times. I would think somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five, four to five successful runs in order to actually get them down uh, all the way. And actually, that's not even probably fair because if you're talking 30 health as an, well, no, we've had, we've had bosses with like 80 health and stuff like that that are, that are difficult, but doable at least. So probably somewhere in there. I kind of wonder if they sort of tagged this on essentially as a reason more so than just unlocking the treasures to get you to keep coming back. And honestly, for me, I would need that because I'm excited about these new treasures, but I'm not going to play just for the sake of playing with them. So it feels a little unnecessary, but I think it's uh, it can it can be pretty cool. So we'll see. And uh, and yeah, th- those are all the details that we've been aware made aware of so far. So September seventeenth is when the first couple chapters are going to unlock. The first one will be free for everyone as usual, which is great. And starting now, you can actually pre-purchase the entire adventure for $20, but you're actually getting a deluxe adventure bundle with that, which this is something new they haven't done. So for $20 in America, you get all five wings, all five chapters, 16 packs. You'll get three Savers of Old Doom packs for each uh, each chapter that you complete. And then after completing all of them, you'll get the one Golden Classic pack, which they did last time. Glad to see that come back. Uh, makes sense. The bonus things that you're actually going to get, you'll get a random Saviors of Old Doom Legendary also and an exclusive card back just for pre-ordering it. So this is where things start to deviate from how they've done these adventures in the past. Uh, they've also mentioned that you will be able to purchase all the chapters 
after it's been released for a lower price point, which I've seen people reporting it's $14.99. I didn't actually see that in the official uh, release, but maybe they had updated it. Uh, and it makes sense price point wise. So uh, that will not include the Random Saviors of Old Doom Legendary and the exclusive card back. Uh, but you will still get all five chapters. You'll get all of the packs included with all of those. So this really gives you a couple different options. And I would really encourage you, if you're still lacking in Saviors of Old Doom Legendaries, uh, go ahead and get that one. I, I think that this, along with the uh, the Reno bundle, I can't remember what they called that, uh, they granted you a random Saviors of Old Doom Legendary 2. I think it's really smart. And honestly, for us as players, to just get a guaranteed something that's going to be at least 400 dust in your pocket is uh, is really, really strong. So, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage you to do that. And especially for those of you who took me up on my offer way back when of pre-ordering and getting the single player for free, uh, now you can get that for free. If you are not aware of that, um, there's a deal that you can get through Amazon that allows you to save around $20 on uh, if you're purchasing packs in the game. And you can go to the happyhearthstone.com and find the blog post around that. It's called Save $20 on Savers of Old Impacts. And you support the show in the process. So if you're thinking about purchasing this adventure bundle or any packs at any time, honestly, it would mean a lot if you went over to that blog post, clicked on those links. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does uh, help support the show and what I do. So uh, if you find value from this and you want some packs, go get you some. So that's all the news that I've got for you. And for a quick sponsor break, I actually uh, I neglected to mention something really big that I mentioned last week. That with all this anticipation for this new book that I'm working on, I wanted to do something really special for those of you who are supporting the show on the Patreon. And so what I've decided to do is that for the month of September, anyone who is a patron at the $5 level or above is going to get a special thank you written in the book. Whoa! <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I mentioned that I really wanted this book to kind of be a community effort. Uh, you don't even know how it's going to be that, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about some of the things I've got in my back pocket for that. Um, but sincerely, those of you who have been supporting the show for a long time, I wanted to find a special way uh, to be able to thank you. And for those of you who have kind of been on the edge thinking about supporting the show, getting access to some great content to help you grow as a player and all of that, uh, this is a great time to start and a uh, very limited thing. It'll be just for this month of September 2019. So uh, be sure to go check it out over at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. If you're already supporting the show at $5 or more, uh, on the Patreon, then all you have to do is continue to be a patron for the, for this month. So uh, no uh, no action required on your part. But if you're at a lower level and want to bump it up for this month, then you can do that. And if you're not supporting the show, please go check it out. Again, patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. You can get all of that. And now it's time for part two of this episode. I bet you didn't know there were going to be two parts, did you? <laughs> I actually didn't either. Uh, you may have heard some of the construction noises in the other half of this episode, and I realized things were not going so hot there, so had to pick it up a little bit later in the day. The good news is I did get to play that cool tavern brawl. Isn't that awesome? And hey, did I call it or what? Playing against Finley, Bran, 
Reno. Actually, you're really only playing against Reno, and that's because he's a little bit crazy. But if you played that without headphones on, uh, you did it wrong. You need to go back and play through all of it and appreciate all those voiceovers and stuff. Lots of love poured into that. But uh, that's the only part of this where I will be completely uh, against the flow of the um, of the episode. We need to talk about the meta because there is so much to talk about. Uh, I mentioned a little bit earlier that I feel like there hasn't been a time like this where you can get away with a lot of different kinds of strategies. And currently on hsreplay.net, the top tiers on the meta are both Murloc decks. So if you are all about our friends from the sea uh, bonding together and crushing your opponent, then uh, now is a really good time. These are the only decks currently that are tracking a higher than 55% win rate. Uh, which is kind of insane. But honestly, Murloc Paladin, with the release of Tip the Scales, has become a deck that is really tough to to play against. The truth is that really what it leans on is drawing Prismatic Lens. If you can get one copy of Prismatic Lens by turn four, or potentially turn three if you have the coin, you have a very high chance of winning that game. Because if, if you recall, Prismatic Lens draws a minion and a spell from your deck and then swaps their costs. So it's practically guaranteed. Uh, like, let's say in the ideal situation, you've drawn... Actually, I guess the ideal is that you've drawn both of them, but probably you've only drawn one of them. You have a 66% chance of getting Tip the Scales as your spell. And then the other cards that uh, can swap with it. I think like half of your cards are one or two cost. You've got uh, Murloc Tidecallers, Mermi, uh, Zephyr Zephyrus the Great, uh, Sir Finley of the Sands, Fish Flinger. All of these can make your tip the scales cost an absurdly low amount of your available mana and just allow you to flood the board with a lot of minions that hopefully synergize. I mean, if you if you pull your Murloc War Leaders, your Grimscale Oracles, I don't think there's anything else that has like a uh, an aura effect. But I've gone up against this deck several times, and it seems like they always have Prismatic Lens on four, and they always have Cold Light Seer in their hand, which grants all of their Murlocs plus two health, which ends up that a lot of them have like four or three health at least. And so if you're not running Hellfire or Flame Strike, and the truth is Flame Strike's too late in the game, essentially, you you are in big trouble. And I've been playing a lot of Quest Shaman lately, which doesn't have great AoE effects. It's got the Sandstorm Elementals, but that just deals one or two if you've uh, unlocked your quest by then. So uh, I that deck is not well suited against this one. And in fact, very few decks truly are. So uh, if you have the, the cards for this deck, I would strongly suggest playing it. Uh, tip the Scales, is it worth crafting? I would say yes, honestly. Uh, especially if you like this style of gameplay, which is pretty fast. It's pretty dependent on draws. So you are going to have games where I, I think I saw it was my friend Eve from uh, Villains Chosen actually had two copies of Prismatic Lens and two copies of Tip the Scales in her hand on turn uh, two or something like that, which is just, uh, just sad. So th that will happen in some games. But for the most part, uh, you're going to either draw Prismatic Lens, which gives you an insane advantage, or you're able to still do a lot with uh, curving into these minions that are all tribally uh, synergistic. So 
And I gotta say, Fish Flinger feels really good to play on turn two, because your opponent probably can't do much with that Murloc, and you, on the other hand, can. So, uh, yeah, this is a very strong deck that is able to cheat out a win condition and board state that should not be possible. And so, um, with that, uh, it's, it's good. And by the way, Chef Nomi is in this deck as well as Zephyrus the Great. Uh, Sir Finley is in there, but he's not so much to, um, I, I guess he's in there twofold, just as a 2-3 Murloc. And in the late game, being able to get an extra hero power might give you just enough to get over the uh, over the hump. I mean, if you get the hunter hero power, you can just deal three damage to your opponent each turn, which is nice. Um, but Zephyrus and Nomi are in here to take advantage of the late game, where hopefully you just need a little bit more to get across the finish line. And Zephyrus can get you that fireball that you need for pretty cheap. And or Nomi can create a board state that if, I mean, your opponents had to deal with all of your Murlocs so far, and they probably don't have one or two more uh, of those left in their deck. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you haven't played it, it's definitely worth playing. And uh, I would say, I I mean, Chef Nomi has kind of uh, paid his dues as far as like being worthy of being in a deck. So I don't know. I It's actually moving up on my... Uh, crafting uh, suggestions, I would say. And then the other Murloc deck that's really high up here is Murloc Shaman. And to my knowledge, this deck hasn't changed a ton. In fact, the most popular list right now is Running Scargill, uh, which is interesting. So it does have Fish Flinger in there and Mermy, um, but those are the only new cards. Um, and this one really takes advantage of Underbelly Angler and solo the Murloc to be able to uh, just create a board state that, again, is hard to deal with. And, uh, yeah, and then Bloodlusts are really your win condition here rather than being able to cheat out a bunch. Now, when I've played up against Murloc Shaman, what's been really interesting to me is that if you have the coin and you're playing this deck, it seems like the ideal turn one play is coining into Underbelly Angler. Unless you're going up against a mage that has Frostbolt, or I guess a priest that has Penance now, uh, I don't, I, Spirit Bomb technically for Warlock, but no one's really running that to my knowledge. There, there's not much that your opponent can do to deal with that. I guess a Flame Imp on turn one would too, but you can just not coin it into a Belly Angler if that's the case. So uh, I, I would not have thought of that, but I, and according to the HS Replay statistics here, Underbelly Angler has a 63% mulligan win rate. So having that in your opening mulligan is huge, and it's kept 95% of the time. So I think people are catching on to playing out that angler early rather than waiting until a late game state uh, where you just go forever. Because if you coin it out on turn one, your turn two play could be playing Mermy and Toxfin, and then you just got two free Murlocs in your hand, which is pretty insane for an opening. Uh, and especially with the with no, I guess your tasty fins are the only draw mechanic in this. You will get some lackeys off the sludge slurpers and uh, the random murlocs off the fish flinger. Actually, I guess there's quite a bit, isn't there? So it's it's just interesting how there's no like hard card draw cards in this uh, in this list, but there's all of these effect effects that can basically get you the same thing. Even if they're random murlocs, there's a really good chance you're going to get something that is helpful there. So, yeah, and then the double bloodlust, I mean, just just kill him, right? <laughs> Tier 2, there are a ton of decks in this category, which is basically anything between 50% and 55%. 
Uh, you got Highlander Hunter, Secret Hunter, Highlander Warlock, which is a zoo variant, Agro Warrior, Token Druid, Control Warrior, Quest Druid, Mech Hunter, Quest Paladin, Zoo Lock, Combo Priest, Quest Shaman, Quest Hunter, Tempo Rogue, and Bomb Warrior, which Quest Hunter is probably the most surprising uh, out of all those lists. I've been meaning to spend some more time with Highlander Warlock because it seems like uh, a lot of players have actually had quite a bit of success with this list. Um, I saw Pizza made it up to um, made it up to Legend the other day, and uh, it's it's just very interesting to me. I never would have thought of like an aggressive. Uh, Highlander build, but Zoo is actually the one that makes the most sense in my mind. Uh, so you got Flame Imps, you got Mermy, uh, you do have Spirit Bomb in here, so I guess I take back what I said if, you, if you've seen a lot of this. Um, you've got the Evil Genius uh, Knife Juggler. Uh, they're, they're even running Dusk Bat in this, which hasn't seen play ever, I don't know. Uh, History Buff I've actually seen in some of these lists, which is pretty cool. It's a 3-mana three 3-4. Three, Whenever you play a minion, give a random minion in your hand plus 1, plus 1. Which, if you're able to combo this with any of your 1-cost minions on turn 4, that's great. Uh, getting just a little extra buff is fine. Um, and, of course, the Neverset Thrasher, Magic Carpet, Disease Vulture, so there's... Uh, and the Sandbinder to uh, tutor Zephyrus out of there. I think that's the only elemental out of this list, actually. So I guess he's purely there to get that, which is still probably worth it, honestly. Got that beaming sidekick, which is actually seeing some playing Combo Priest also. So so if you if you like the Zulok line of play and you do have Zephyrus, I think this is a really interesting, um, interesting take on things. So I should give it some try. It's probably going to perform as well as Zoo does typically, which means not very well against control builds, especially control warrior. Uh, but you might be able to get some really burst beginnings that can help you. Um, that can help you stabilize. Another thing that's that was really unforeseen by me for this meta is that Highlander Hunter hasn't taken over everything. Because it really seemed to me going into these nerfs that uh, Highlander Hunter was doing well previous to it and would just continue to dominate. Um, but it really hasn't necessarily had that kind of effect. And I wonder if that's due to everyone just being so experimental on the other side of it. I, I really honestly don't know what to attribute that to because from what I've seen, it seems like people are very much just trying a bunch of stuff and there's this uh, overarching agreement across the the community that people are just trying different kinds of archetypes. Because I have this feeling in my gut that if Control Warrior... Well, that Control Warrior is basically still really poised well to just dominate the meta if people were playing it. But I think that people have just kind of had enough. Maybe it's even that people dusted Dr. Boom and aren't convinced yet to craft him. And so they're not going to play Control Warrior without him. I Actually, that kind of makes a lot of sense now that <laughs> I talk it out. Um, but people are messing around with stuff. Like I've seen a lot of uh, Quest Rogue uh, being being tempered with. Um, I've seen a lot of Quest Druid, and especially Malagos Quest Druid, it seems like a lot of people are doing that, uh, that crazy Elise combo after you've drawn through your entire deck to get a couple of four-cost Malagese and uh, Moonfires and Swipes to just uh, completely dominate. And another one here, Mech Hunter, you know, there hasn't been any uh, any support for that archetype necessarily, but it just seems so powerful still. Um, probably one of the best aggressive strategy 
uh, decks out there. You know, Agro Warrior has kind of been the new hotness, and it is fun to play. I've, I've messed around with it a little. I I struggle honestly to figure out the right ways to play. It seems like a uh, a more complex than usual aggressive deck. So um, you know, people are are interested to try that out, learn it, figure it out. Uh, whereas Mech Hunter has been tried, and people know how to play that. Um, you know, really, I mean, it it is slamming minions. It's upgrading them. It's magnetizing them, and uh, just dominating the board as quickly as you possibly can. And holding on for that missile launcher uh, venomizer combo, which I haven't seen in a while, and makes me very very happy to be quite frank. <laughs> So when it comes to my How to Have a Happy Time deck of the week, I've got two suggestions for you. And one of them is going to be the Try Hard, and one of them is going to be the Have Some Fun, okay? The Try Hard thing I would tell you right now is either to play Murloc Paladin, if you have those cards, just because I think it is capable of having so much gas that not many decks can actually keep up with. And when you get those game states, it is... Uh, it's practically impossible for you to lose, honestly. So, uh, so try that out. And then the other one is—it's—I'm sorry to say—but the boogeyman here of Control Warrior. I think that it is—it uh, is still really strong. And if you are up for some very slow games, uh, if you have not—if you're willing to go back and craft Doctor Boom Mad Genius, uh, you can do that as well. And uh, I think that both of those decks actually are really. Um, are really just able to do a lot. And in fact, if you're seeing a lot of Murloc Paladin, Control Warrior is probably going to be one of your best bets uh, because Brawl can absolutely deal with that board quickly as well as potentially Plague of Wrath or uh, Warpath or something like that as well. So I think that uh, those two kind of balance each other out and hopefully it is balancing uh, for you as well. Uh, like I mentioned, I've actually been playing quite a bit of Quest Shaman, and I'm going to keep trying that out to learn the deck because that is one of my most hated decks, um, just hands down. When I played up against it, I am not having a good time. So I'm trying to learn the ins and outs, figure out when it does lose, how it loses, because uh, that's a big deal. But I've actually been winning a lot with it, too. So that's perfectly fine if that happens as well. So, um, so yeah, those are my suggestions for you as far as how to have a good time on the ladder. I uh, hope whatever your goals are this month that you're keeping them in line. Um, I, you know, I mentioned on Twitter and I haven't been, I think, quite as forthright, but because of my goal this month of writing a book, I've had to realize that that, that goal is going to take up a considerable amount of my free time. And so hitting legend isn't really something reasonable for me to do this month. If it happens then just from playing casually, then great. And sometimes that does happen, that you're able to, uh, to improve, to hit a goal, um, whatever, even in a month where things may not be as uh, perfectly aligned as you'd like it to be. Um, but I'm taking the pressure off of myself for that and trying to um, just align those resources over towards something I want to be more aggressive with. I guess it is a bit ironic, actually, that I'm uh, during a month when I'm focused on writing a book about how to hit legend. I'm really not focused on hitting legend myself, um, but I'm sure I'm sure you understand why that is. But uh, whatever you're going through this month and hoping to hit, I hope you get there. All right, for our community section this week, oh my goodness. I am way behind, like literally a month behind on getting uh, iTunes reviews out the door. And that's because I missed a week and, and just some poor prep on my part, honestly. But I've got some um, 
some international iTunes reviews to read here that I was really excited to read, and one from the Americas as well. So this is from uh, Free to Play by the Way, that's F2PBTW, from Germany, who said, I listen to this podcast for quite some time now. I was playing Hearthstone before, but this podcast really helps to stay up to date and is always entertaining to listen to. The thing is, you can even listen to the podcast if you're from another country like me. I'm from Germany, and I never had problems while listening to the podcast. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really thankful to hear that it's helpful. And uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because when I've, uh, in the past, when I've learned Spanish, that's the only other foreign language I've really spent a lot of time with, it was really helpful for me to listen to content or watch content. Actually, one of my favorite things to do was go back and watch some of my favorite Disney movies and put on the audio uh, in Spanish with the captions on so I could process all of it. And hopefully I knew the lines and characters well enough to kind of figure it out. So uh, so I'm honored that it's a part of that for you and glad that it's very easily accessible as well, uh, free to play. So, And the other one here is from a friend, Piatti. Is it Piatti or Petey? I, I don't know. 23 from the UK says, I've recently started listening to this podcast and love the content. Andrew is an upbeat and happy presenter. You can tell he genuinely loves what he's talking about. I've only listened to a few episodes, but have subscribed. We'll listen as we enter Savers of Old Doom. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Petey. I'm, I'm going to assume it's Petey. <laughs> it really means a lot. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully all this content during Saviors of Old Doom is taking you to new heights as well. And a friend from the Americas, Matt at Arms, says, Most positive Hearthstone show. Andrew is great, and it's always a pleasure to listen to him on days where I might be down about the game and life. Always brings a smile to my face and has great insights and guests you don't usually hear from in the community. That's awesome. And Matt, thank you so much for, for taking the time to say that, man. You're, you're a friend, and I appreciate your input to the community and this show as well. So if you'd like to join these amazing people and leave a review, I would really appreciate it. And it makes a huge difference as people are looking for Hearthstone podcasts. Uh, you know, the, the, a lot of people say, man, Andrew, I wish I had some friends I could tell about the show so I could get them to listen. And this is always what I what I tell people uh, in that vein is that, hey, that's totally fine. I started listening to Hearthstone podcast many years ago because I didn't have any friends who played the game either. And I wanted to connect with other people. And so leaving an a review on Apple Podcasts is a way that you can get the word out, uh, even if you don't have somebody to directly refer to the show necessarily. So if you're listening to this in Apple Podcasts, it's just a few taps to get over there and leave a few thoughts in a five-star review. Or uh, if you're not listening in Apple Podcasts, you, it, it takes a little longer. You got to get on your phone or your computer, um, but it's worth it. And it really means a lot. So thank you so much. Looking forward to reading some more in the future. I won't take as long next time, I promise. Okay, I got a card of the week. I don't know how it has been this long, uh, how it's taken this long for me to do a riff of one of my favorite songs of all time. So here we go. I hear the sewers echoing tonight. Talk Waggle was prepping me that this would be a really dank job. Do, 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 do. Getting treasure seemed to be our goal. But now I'm wondering what exactly down here could be valuable. Do, 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 do. I want to leave, but something deep inside tells me there's a road I'm waiting here for you. Do, 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 do. It's taking some time for me. Wait. 
It's taken some time for me to come back through. There's not another card that I would rather see on two. I bless the lackeys from Evil Cable Rat. It's gonna take some time to pull the heist we never have. Ooh. <laughs> Evil Cable Rat is the card of the week. Two mana, one, one, uh, neutral minion, battle cry, add a random lackey to your hand. I remember looking at this card before we recognized how powerful lackeys were and thinking, I guess this generates a lackey, but I mean, it's a two mana, one, one. What's interesting is that I think this year, more than any other time, I'd be interested to see the data on this, actually. Novice Engineer is seeing more play than it really ever has outside of many combo decks. Um, you know, I, f I feel like in the old school Raza Priest, back when it discounted your hero power to zero, you ran Novice Engineer and No, no Mission Venter, I believe. Uh, but, I mean, we're seeing Novice Engineer in Quest Shaman. We're seeing it in pretty much any combo package and evil, I, I think that because that is so valuable, like evil cable rat is just able to get you the lackeys that matter. And um, what's insane about that is the lackeys, <laughs> honestly, I, as long as lackeys are powerful and they have been, and it feels like have only gotten more powerful uh, through Savers of Old Doom, even with just, um, just the addition of the one lackey, the Titan lackey. Uh, having an extra generator in each of the evil classes has just taken it to insanity. I mean, evil totem is so good. Uh, Sinister deal has proven fine. I wasn't I just talking about lackeys in the last episode too. I evil cable rat was not the card of the week, but it it feels like we're just talking about or I'm talking about lackeys because I'm just blindsided by how good they are and how it seems like they're just going to continue to be good. Um, I bet we'll see one more. Uh, one more lackey in the next set. Uh, I, you know, I would assume that what happened in Savers of Old Doom is going to happen again with that. I, I don't honestly know if we'll see more generators because I feel like that might make it too powerful. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, they could. There's only so many you can fit in a deck, but I mean, if it has if it has a battle cry, then Quest Shaman's only going to get better which I'm not sure I want a world where that's the case. <laughs> and all the other classes might just be fine too. You know, what I might actually be more uh, okay with is if there were just one more neutral generating uh, powerhouse, kind of like Evil Cable Rat. So let's go with Novice Engineer as the example. If they came out with a four mana, two, four minion that battle cry at a lackey to your hand, that would be fantastic. I think it might even still see some play uh, you could even flip the stats, do a, do a four mana, four, two, that's fine. Um, but it just wouldn't fit and be as fast as so many of these other generators are. Um, I always forget about Evil Miscreant, but uh, yeah, that is that is the prime example of, of the ultimate generating uh, or lackey generating minions. So anyway, Evil Cable Rat is just really good. And especially as I've been playing Quest Shaman, I just think it is irreplaceable. And uh, I know I said turn two in the song. That's because of rhyme. But I really want it on turn three because being able to play it and the lackey that it generates on top of that. I mean, I've uh, I've evolved it into a three three minion or a three four minion pretty consistently. It seems 
in a lot of in a lot of ways. And so, uh, for three mana, being able to generate one of those in a one one on the field is just perfectly fine, right? So, yeah, evil cable rat's good, and it's going to keep seeing play this whole year. So get used to it. I honestly, I should probably even consider crafting a couple goldens of them because I mean, it's commons. It's it's still pretty cheap, and then you get those golden lackeys. That's pretty nice too. I don't know. Something worth considering if you've got dust burn in your pocket. Well, hey, I'm going to go ahead and sign off here and just want to remind you, as always, that you are the happy hearthstone. This podcast is all about our great community. So I'm so thankful that you would take time to listen and be a part of the community. I want to encourage you wherever you are in your journey, if you've been listening from the beginning or just picked up this podcast this week to take your next step with us. Uh, For some of you that might be returning next week for our awesome special guest. I'm so mysterious and won't tell you who it is, but it will be a lot of fun, promise you. And uh, for others of you, it might be joining our Discord over at thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord. Just go there, click on the link. That'll redirect you to our Discord where you can connect with others. And for some of you, it might be stepping up and joining our Patreon. Again, that special offer is now live uh, to get a special thanks in the book that I'm I'm writing. And that will only be available for this month. So go check it out at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. You can join the Inner Fire at the $10 level where you can connect with other players who are who have similar goals and uh, get access to some great teaching tools that honestly will give you some insight into into what I'm writing with the book. But um, it's a lot of stuff that I haven't actually published anywhere else so far. So uh, definitely go check that out. And I have to send a huge thank you, as always, to the producers of The Happy Hearthstone, Menoch, Jay Miller, Brian O, and Mr. Blurry. And guess what? We have a brand new producer to the show. Woo-woo! I have to send a special thank you as well to Mark P. Thank you for joining at the producer level. Really excited. He actually uh, emailed me today about our coaching session, so I need to get back to you, Mark. Um, But uh, yeah, there's a lot going on with the Happy Hearthstone. And seriously, you five, uh, supporting the show at the level that you do means the world to me. And honestly, it puts things in perspective for me. Uh, It is encouragement for whenever I am discouraged. Um, And sincerely, until you've started making content, you can't know how easy it is to get there. Uh, So I appreciate you guys so much for uh, giving me the opposite of that. Reason, encouragement, and strength. Seriously, I can't can't overstate that. I don't think you guys are awesome. So I appreciate you all. And as always, I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode or other episodes, ideas that you have. And so you can uh, do that by sending me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com or connect with me on Twitter at andrewisliving. You can also find me on Twitch at andrewisliving as well. By the way, uh, September is going on right now. So if you've never subscribed on there, you can actually uh, jump in at half off and it uh, it actually gives the same amount to content creators as before. So pretty much the opposite of a corporate decision because they're, bas- they're saying we're not going to take as much as we normally do and we're not going to cut from the uh, creators themselves. So if you want to go check that out and get your and champ emote, you could <laughs> you could definitely do that. And honestly, you should be considering that for any Twitch streamers that uh, that you really enjoy and appreciate because uh, $2.50 to support them is kind of insane. So um, yeah, use that as an encouragement to go check out the other ones because I'm not on Twitch as much as I uh, as much as I wish I was. But uh, but there are plenty of other great people that you can support that way. 
And that's uh, that's really everything that I've got for you. So appreciate you being here. I hope that this does help you out there on the meta and the ins- and all of the insanity that goes along with it of an unresolved, unsolved meta. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. It was cool to be able to just approach this month and say, you know what, Quest Shaman, Quest Druid, I'm gonna go at it with these. Although I think Highlander Zoo might also uh, might also find a place in there as well. Um, but just uh, yeah, enjoy your time on there. Challenge yourself, grow as a player, and uh, I hope to see you again soon. I will be on vacation, but this episode that's coming out next week will definitely tide you over until I'm back in uh, my hometown of Colorado again. Until then, enjoy the ladder, enjoy the game, and I will see you on the other side. Thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.